This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The high school girl snuck out of her house to meet with friends and smoke pot, but instead she found herself at the centre of a sacrifice to Satan. This is Apple for the Teacher, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Anna Thomas. Today's episode is called Altar of Sacrifice. Elise was ambushed as part of a satanic sacrifice. What happened? This is the story of a 15-year-old girl named Elise Paler. She lived in California and attended the Arroyo Grande High School. Elise was involved in her church choir and also attended a local theatre with aspirations to become an actress. As a child, she was described as a fun-loving girl who enjoyed school and had a wide group of friends. But it was in her teenage years that her parents saw a change come over their daughter. She became more rebellious and began dabbling in alcohol and marijuana. She once was even caught with alcohol at school and was suspended. Her parents had increasing concerns for their daughter, finally deciding to send her to a recovery program. It was there that she met a boy who she had gone to school with. They had been friends, but then lost contact when he was expelled. So while in the program, they resumed their friendship and after being released, they also met up with another boy who had also gone to their high school, but he too had been expelled. The three of them had hung out together when they had been at school, catching the school bus to and from school. Soon after leaving the program, the three friends started to hang out together again and also brought another boy into their group. Elise and the boys spent a lot of time together, drinking, smoking dope and also using other drugs. It was then one night in 1995 that Elise was at home watching movies with her family when there was a phone call for her at about 10pm. A short time later she received another call and that's when she told her parents she was tired and was going to bed. She said to them, I love you and I'm going to bed. They thought it was unusual that she got two phone calls so late at night and she didn't say who had called. In the past, Elise had snuck out during the night and so her father decided to check on her and all seemed fine. However, her sister also checked in on her sometime later and found Elise was gone. Pillows had been stuffed under her blanket and so their suspicions proved to be correct. Elise had snuck out to meet the boys. They had invited her to come out and smoke pot. She knew her parents didn't approve of her friendship with the boys. It was the next day when Elise's family noticed she wasn't home, but they weren't too concerned initially. She would often stay at friends' houses and even had run away before. She had snuck out during the night before, but always returned the next day. But... When she hadn't returned by the end of the next day, they reported her to the police as being missing. But days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months, 
and still there was no sign of Elise. After she had been missing for five months, her grandmother wrote a letter to Elise, which was published in various newspapers. She wrote, My dearest Elise, I miss you. I love you. Everyone is worried and heartbroken because we don't know how you are. If you are happy, warm, well-fed and healthy, we can work it out. You can stay here with me until you want to go elsewhere. Please, please just call me so we know that you are alive. But her parents' worst nightmares came true when, after being missing for eight months, their daughter's body was finally found and the story behind her death is just brutal. Elise had no idea that when she went out with the boys that night that she would be walking into a well-planned murder plot. Elise was tortured, stabbed multiple times with a knife and raped. She was only found after one of the boys finally went to the police and confessed. So here is what the police investigation uncovered. As well as being into alcohol and drugs, the boys were heavily obsessed with heavy metal music, and in particular death metal, which is a sub-genre of heavy metal. Death metal music is characterised as being concerned with death, pain, destruction, torment, violence, murder, rape, suffering, the occult and Satan. These boys had formed their own death metal band and had aspirations to make the big time and secure a record deal. They were obsessed with reading occult material, worshipping Satan and followed a number of other death metal bands. And that's when one of the boys had an idea which they hoped would propel their music career. They felt they needed to provide a sacrifice to Satan, which would be a sin against God and therefore their ticket to hell. They believed Satan would reward them with being able to play their music stronger and harder in the hope of attracting the attention of the music industry. They felt the only way to impress Satan was to provide him with the sacrifice of a virgin. Annalise, with her blonde hair and blue eyes and her purity, became that sacrifice. So they set about planning what they were going to do, and that's when they lured her out that night. However, it was discovered that they had actually tried to kill her once before but failed. The group had all gone out into the woods and the plan was to stab her with a knife. But the boy who was supposed to commit the act couldn't go through with it. Elise just thought they were joking and didn't think any more of it. But as seen, they succeeded on their second attempt. The boy who finally came forward did so out of fear for his own safety and because, since the murder, he had turned to Christianity. The boy's conscience eventually got the better of him, and he broke off ties with the boys, realising the seriousness of what they had done. They had even expressed their desire to murder another girl. After breaking off the friendship, the boy was afraid that they would come after him, so he ultimately went to the police. The other two boys were subsequently arrested, and all three of them confessed to murdering Elise. They stated that they were influenced 
by one particular death metal band and had planned the murder after listening to the lyrics of one particular song called Altar of Sacrifice. The boy said, It gets inside your head. It's almost embarrassing that I was so influenced by the music. It started to influence the way I looked at things. The music is destructive. But as if Elisa's murder wasn't brutal enough, they also confessed to raping her after she was dead. And so, so shockingly, they went back to the crime scene multiple times in the months that followed and had sex with her corpse. And the term for this is necrophilia. The boys were ultimately found guilty of murder and sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. But that's not the end of the story. After hearing the details of the boys' obsession with the death metal band and how they copied the murder described in one of their songs, Elisa's parents decided to sue the band, arguing it was their music that led to the murder of their daughter. And here is part of what was in the lawsuit. But I will not be naming the band and will just use the word blank. Quote, The vicious assault and murder of Elise Paler was carried out according to the instructions from lyrics written by the death metal band known as Blank. These lyrics include directions on stalking, mutilation, dismemberment, rape, torture, cannibalism, necrophilia and the killing of virgin females. The suit alleges that Blank and related businesses market obscene and harmful products to teens to entice them to buy Blank's albums and related products. According to the suit, Blank and related businesses advocate and glorify senselessly violent acts, inciting adolescents such as the teenage boys to commit such crimes. We've placed restrictions on cigarette vending machines. We make kids wear bicycle helmets. We've launched aggressive anti-drug and alcohol campaigns. Why do we allow bands like Blank to profit by marketing obscene snuff lyrics to adolescents? This is a case about public health. It is about big business putting profits over safety. In violation of California law, Blank and the business defendants marketed Blank's product containing indecent and harmful matter to children. This action seeks to remedy these unlawful and unfair marketing practices. This action does not seek to, in any way, prohibit Blank's right or ability to write, perform or otherwise express their views any more than do the age restrictions associated with Playboy magazines or X and R rated movies. This is a case about harm, not taste. Today, it is much more expensive for the record industry to record and market its products. And as a result, the industry has become more and more driven by money and less and less driven by artistic considerations. The pressure to turn ever larger profits to fuel the large conglomerates has increased and now dominates the record industry. It is because of this drive for profit that Blank and the business defendants market and sell 
blanks albums, lyric books, and other items containing material which is indecent and harmful to children. Virtually every song contains profanity, sexually explicit lyrics, such as oral sex, anal sex, masturbation, necrophilia, incest, violence against women, including the torture, rape, stalking and beating of women. And a member of the band even said, when we're thinking about the lyrics, we're like, how morbid can we get? The boys have confirmed in statements that when they committed these atrocities against Elise Marie Paler, they were following specific instructions from lyrics that were written, produced, marketed and sold by the death metal band known as Blank and the other business defendants. None of the vicious crimes committed against Elise Marie Paler would have occurred without the intentional marketing strategy of the death metal band Blank. Blank specifically targeted adolescent males knowing that these adolescents purchase Blank's albums, memorize the lyrics contained in the album inserts, and listen to the lyrics repetitiously while under the influence of mind or mood-altering substances. In addition to becoming more expensive, the marketing of artists and records has also become more sophisticated and high-tech. Record companies define an artist's audience and target their marketing and advertising efforts thereto. With Blank, the target audience is primarily males, aged 14 through to their mid-twenties, who are searching for their own identity and for whom the music positively reinforces their violent nature. It is accepted that music affects minors differently than it does adults. While adult listeners of Blank's music can distinguish between fantasy and reality, children and adolescents are less able to do so. It is well accepted in the social sciences that adolescents process music differently than do adults. Quite often what adults think they hear or see in the music is not what kids get from it. Lyrics that may seem fantastic or even silly to adults are taken by some adolescents as imperatives and the lyrics with which adolescents identify. Moreover, some adolescents understand lyrics written in the first person as imperatives since lyrics that appear to be written in the self-confessional mode are actually understood by some adolescents as instructional directives. The adolescent defendants repeatedly studied Blank's lyrics to understand their meaning and followed instructions from Blank's lyrics when they stalked, raped, tortured, murdered and committed acts of necrophilia on Elise Marie Paler. After the murder, all three of the boys confirmed the influence of Blank's music upon their actions. So that was just a sample of the lawsuit which was just too long to provide here, but you now get the general idea of what they were aiming for. So, what was the verdict? The lawsuit was thrown out of court with the judge stating, quote, There's not a legal position that could be taken that would make blank responsible for the girl's death. Where do you draw the line? You might as well start looking through the library at every book on the shelf. I do not consider... Blank's music obscene, indecent, 
or harmful to minors. So here is how the band themselves responded to the lawsuit. They conceded that their lyrics could be used as directions to follow and commit the crimes described. One band member said, We're part-time evil. If we were really evil, we would be doing everything we're writing about. They're trying to blame the whole thing on us. That's such expletive. If you're going to do something stupid like that, you should get into trouble for it. But they did admit that their band's target market is unstable males who are prone to violence. Quote, It scares me sometimes when I run into our fans. Some of the kids scare me because they're unpredictable. There are so many nutty ones. We also get a lot of letters from kids who are institutionalised, and I'm talking criminal. And here is what one person said in an online chat group when discussing the band. He mentions a particular album of theirs and says, quote, It would be my current pick for violence-enhancing music, some of the best written death metal I've ever heard. If that record doesn't make you want to kill somebody, you're probably already dead. So it's long been argued about the negative effects of heavy metal music, but are there actually any benefits to listening to this type of music? So I was able to find out a number of studies that asked this very question. So here is what one study concluded. They provided seven benefits of listening to heavy metal music. Number one, it makes you feel that you're part of a community. The heavy metal scene is notorious for its fan base and the camaraderie metal fans have is second to none. Being part of a community and fostering a feeling of belonging is incredibly important for your self-esteem and mental health. Number two, it can make you read more. Being a fan of anything like heavy metal promotes an interest in the subject, which means you will be likely also to be reading blogs, magazines, and perhaps even books on the subject. Anything that makes teenagers or young adults read is never a bad thing. Number three, it is actually good for the brain. One interesting study has shown that listening to music you like, like heavy metal, can have incredible benefits for your cognitive abilities and memory. Number four, it makes you more likely to explore new things. Yet another study has shown that heavy metal fans or people who preferred more intense and complex melodies tend to be more open to new experiences. Number five, it might make you less violent. It reduces an individual's sensitivity to violence. Long-term fans were generally happier in their youth and were better adjusted in middle age than non-metal heads. Extreme music could be used as an effective means to regulate negative emotions like anger. Number six, it can make you more sceptical. Being a heavy metal fan can make you more of a critical thinker. And the last one, number seven, heavy metal reduces stress and improves your overall well-being. Listening to any kind of music you love has been shown to dramatically reduce stress levels. Actively participating in making music can also boost your immune system even more than just listening to music. (laughs) 
Are you shaking your head in disbelief as I did when I read this? This just shows that anything can be put into a positive light. So no matter what it is, if it's a matter of community, then encourage people to join a church group or a football club. If we use the argument that reading heavy metal is good because it encourages kids to read, then reading Nazi material must also be good. I just really find this appalling. It seems that anyone can do a study and have it draw conclusions that that they want. Perhaps this study was funded by the heavy metal music industry themselves. Or am I being too cynical? So, what ended up happening to these boys? After spending some time in jail, one of the boys revealed that the murder wasn't about Satan, but that the real reason was that one of the other boys was obsessed with Elise. So, what are we to believe? I really can't believe anything that these boys say, even the necrophilia. I just hope this was just for shock value and that they didn't really do this to that poor girl. So, as we saw, the boys received 25 years to life in prison. And then just a year ago, one of the boys came up for parole and it was granted. Does this surprise you? He was the one who confessed and led them to Elisa's body. You may be surprised to hear that some members of her own family, including her father, were not opposed to his release. However, the district attorney wrote to the governor requesting that he use his position to block the man's release. The parole board based its decision on the fact that the now 43-year-old had had a record of model behaviour in prison. He had participated in rehabilitation programs, became a mentor to other prisoners, earned his GED and was also studying a degree in psychology and sociology. He had plans to become a substance abuse counsellor. Elisa's father said he did not believe the man was a risk to public safety. When the board asked him why he aided in killing Elise, he said he was full of rage. Quote, I thought that violence was the appropriate way to express anger and an appropriate way to prove I wasn't weak, to prove I was in control. When asked about his understanding of the impact of his crime, the man said that the first thing that came to his mind was, is how immense the suffering is that I caused, that Elise doesn't have her life anymore because of me. She had to feel so much pain and terror while I was murdering her. Elise was fighting for her life, but I still carried on with my intent to murder her. Nothing I can say or nothing I can do will ever bring back the life that she could have had. I'm ashamed by the person that I was then, and I'm disgusted by the person that I was then. I'm ashamed that I took her entire future away. She was a truly wonderful person who was loving, vibrant, enthusiastic, encouraging, and gentle. It breaks my heart to think how much she lost because of me. She never got to graduate from high school or to go to her prom. She never got to go to college or fall in love and get married. She never got to be a mum. Those things broke through the denial that I had, and those things helped me to be able to see that there was something deeper I needed to look at to understand that it was my defects that led me to this, not my co-defendants, not music, 
not drugs. In opposing the parole, the district attorney stated that as the man was the oldest of the three boys at 17, that he could have and should have stopped the murder. He stated, quote, What is it that caused him not only to commit the crime, but to wait eight months before his guilt got the better of him? And he came forward not for her so much as for him because he was being eaten up. And then he talked about the impact on the family. Quote, One of the children described recently that when Elise was murdered, it was like a bomb went off in their family. Their family was blown up. They've never recovered. This panel may be inclined to see Blank's obvious good behaviour and think, wow, he's good to go. But I want you to know one thing. There is something about him that is still pretty cold. I just like to ask, do you think that that's completely gone? So after the governor got involved, he agreed that the man should not be released and as a result, his parole was reversed. One of the other boys is also up for parole this year and the third one in two years' time. And now to finish this story, let's hear from Elisa's grandparents. Here is what her grandmother had to say. Elise was happy. Everybody loved her. She was just a shining light that was snuffed out by some goons. She and I were spiritually close. We were a lot alike emotionally. She had been a painter since she was a toddler, and she designed and made dresses. I was a model, and she said she wanted to be a model and an actress. She was like my very soul. This is just a nightmare. At the end of eighth grade, she got into a kind of bad crowd of kids, and that's when it went bad real fast. And her grandfather decided to express his thoughts about his granddaughter by writing a poem, which I'd now like to read to you. The poem is called Why. Why did Elise Marie Parler have to die? You really don't know and neither do I. We all can guess, we all can surmise, but none of us are all that wise. To know why God would call her home and leave us here all alone. Someday maybe we will understand what was his reason, what was his plan. In the meantime, though, it is pretty tough to figure out why he felt 15 years was enough. Enough time to sing, enough time to dance, enough time to smile with that downward glance. She leaves a father and a mother, two sisters and a brother. She also left in persona a very special person she called Nana. Nana and she shared the name Elise. Only one of them now is really at peace. You see, the tide may ebb and the tide may flow, but no one knows when it's time to go. When the time does come, we should be able to say, I accomplished a lot, I'm not afraid of the day. Elise accomplished a lot in her 15 years. It is us, her relatives and friends, sitting here in tears. Will her life have ever been in vain? 
Certainly not, we say. We will strive to be better people starting today. Why did Elise Marie Paler have to die? Maybe she is sending us a message. Yes, you and I. Elise can be found on the Find a Grave website if you'd like to leave her a message. So her full name is Elise Marie Paler. E-L-Y-S-E-M-A-R-I-E-P-A-H-L-E-R. And now let's preview the next episode. It's called Bad Blood. The boy contracted AIDS and wasn't allowed to attend school. What happened? And to end this episode, I'd like to leave you with two opposing views about heavy metal music. One quote was found on a heavy metal t-shirt supposedly written by Einstein. It read, Heavy metal is the music of the gods. Weak minds do not understand it. And another quote said, Heavy metal fans are buying heavy metal records, taking the records home, listening to the records, and then blowing their heads off with shotguns. Where's the problem? That's an unemployment solution right there, folks. It's called natural selection. Bye for now, and remember to be a good apple.